Yes, do it. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 462 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. I'm your host, Jason, and I'm joined once again by the glorious Excalibros, Dan and Georgie. Hey, guys. Howdy. There's there's a a wrestler called Gorgeous George, but maybe I'll just be Glorious George. I (laughs) I love it. And you are. You are, George. <laughs> That's sweet of <laughs> Awesome. So how y'all been? Everything good in England and Cali? Could be worse. That's yeah, good. How you doing, Dan? Um, all good. Um, yes, it's raining, but that's good because oh. it's been hot for so long. So. Crap, we got to start over, guys. We got to start over. Hold on. <clears throat> no. I'll do the the silent countdown. Five, four. You know my fingers, but you can't see it. Howdy, y'all. This is Jason from the podcast that goes Nick, and I'm here with my friend across the pond and my West Coast friend, <laughs> Georgie and Dan. What? <laughs> oh. Oh. And I'm here oh. with my twang. <laughs> we we Jason just. What's uh his positrons got negatized. He's like a he's like a whole other person. What happened? <laughs> now I really enjoyed y'all's uh, accent discussion on I remember it was the last Escal Rose episode or the one before, but I meant to uh I meant to start off with a nice twang for Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot. <laughs> uh, totally worth it. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Perfection. <laughs> Why am I on the phone? I'm talking about comic books with my friends. Yes, they are my friends. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, they are your friends, too. Yes, they all love you. Everybody loves them. No, don't pull that out. No, please don't unplug my headphones. <laughs> they can stay in here if he wants. It's fine. But no touching, okay? <laughs> all right. No touching. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, before we get into comics, we're going to mainly focus on uh, a burn, baby, burn, X-Men Inferno. But before we get to that, we have some other issues. And we also have – we're a little behind, my fault, but we need to, we need to catch up on some news. So um, mm. I also want to talk in general about kind of what's going on with X-Men books and, and Hickman and, mm. and Substack and all that fun stuff. We'll just spend just a few minutes on it. Sure. Different. Yeah, so um, as most everyone else has probably known or heard someone else already talk about, um, you know, Hickman is leaving the X-Men. Uh, he's one of the many creators going and starting some stuff on Substack, which has been very um, vague. Some people like uh, JT4 from, from DC are like making a hard out and going to this exclusively. Some guys have said... They're going to do both. Some have said they're going to do both and then promptly ended their other work. <laughs> so right. it doesn't really, doesn't really sound like it's all that much of both. So, um, I know like Al Ewing, his, uh, you know, um, Guardians of the Galaxy ended very abruptly. Uh, Chip Zdarsky, who was like, yeah, I'm going to stay on Daredevil for a while, is wrapping up his run. Um, I'm kind of a little worried that Sword is about to end, but I wouldn't have a solid confirmation on that. Um, but one of the one of the previews did say, "Is this the end for for this or whatever?" And so that's always ominous. But um, yeah, I guess what are y'all's general 
thoughts? I mean, I know we've seen Hickman move to the Infinity Comics as kind of his last X-Men story to go with Inferno, which will be his last official arc, which I think when we get there, we'll talk about is definitely seems to be kind of tying his plot lines up. So um, definitely seems like he is on the way out, though he did say he has another Marvel project coming up. So I, I don't know. To me, the Substack thing just sounds kind of confusing like go do what you want to do but i don't know i'm not real sure why i feel like some of the creators are being kind of intentionally coy about it and i'm just not sure why i just say what you're going to do go do it but (laughs) anyway what are y'all's thoughts on it i um, before before like a couple weeks ago i didn't even know what a sub stack was and now it's like i still don't really know what it is but everyone is doing it i'm like is it because all I, all I get is, like, um, there's bleeding cool articles. It's like, oh, we're not going to pay for it, but there's this newsletter from this guy who's dishing the dirt on. I'm like, so is it a gossip magazine? <laughs> like, is it just a gossip column? Like a blog? I don't I don't understand. Like, what, I saw someone, who was it, that released all of their um, comics last week on Substack? Like, it was one of the, the first time I've ever seen an actual, like, comic come from it. Um, I can't remember who it was. Um, but... They look like um, how you'd read uh, the Infinity comics that Marvel just put out, mm-hmm. where you just keep continuously strolling, scrolling through them. Right. Um, it's all well and good, but how much is it? Am I really that bothered? <laughs> like it just feels like a lot of like money for um, potentially decent stories. But you know what I mean? I don't know. I just. It, it definitely feels like you're paying to follow certain people, right? And just kind of get whatever they're doing in whatever format that comes out in. Um, which, I mean, if you're interested in that, go do it. Like, I'm not definitely not slamming the idea. It's probably not something I'll spend a lot of energy or finance on, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, you know, we talked. I mean, like, like comic book people in general talk about don't follow characters, follow creators. Like, if you like mm-hmm. this person, follow and see what inter- interesting projects they're doing. So I, I kind of, like, really enjoy that. Uh, I, like you guys, I'm not quite sure what Substack is. Uh, but in, in terms of how this relates to the X-Men, we kind of felt like Hickman's uh, control was waning for a good bit, right? And there were, you know, titles that were created that felt like outside of his... His his ideas like Hellions, for example, or right. you know, you're like this doesn't feel like he set up some stuff and they're not really doing it. And he was kind of um, he would poke fun at the, the editor staff on Twitter whenever there were like uh, continuity errors or like misspellings and that sort of stuff. And I thought it was playful, but uh, <laughs> now in hindsight, maybe not so much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think so. And it's it's. It's interesting. He's wrapping up his his plot lines with Inferno, and I don't know if it was rumor or, or how. You know, uh, I think we got a lot of this information from Dan, but that he wanted to move on to like Phase Two, and everyone else was like, "No, I've got new ideas for Phase One." Um, and it, it, you know, it, it's unfortunate. He laid out all these different ideas, and he's like, "Okay, I've set up the world. You guys play with it." And then the the, the editors brought in other writers who were like, "Yeah, we don't really want to play with your ideas. We want to create our own ideas." And I think that's that's probably part of why he's moving on. It's like, you said I was the head of the X-Books, and then I set stuff up, and then you guys didn't support me, and then you started doing your own stuff. So why am I telling my story if you're not going to be there for it? You know what I mean? So he's just moving on. 
boy, do it's, it's, it was such a high crescendo and just like a a crash here. It feels like like I feel so bummed about these books. How do you guys feel? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm up and down on different books. I do. I do think it's interesting this idea that like there was he was ready to kind of turn the page, and they're like, no, we want to stay on this page a little bit longer. And you know, I don't know. I mean, to be a fly on the wall for those conversations would definitely be interesting. You know, it's hard to know how much of that is, well, this is what I was promised and you're not delivering right? versus, well, I'm just going to take my ball and go home. Like, you know, I don't, I don't really know enough about him as a person to say, you know, well, it's one or the other or a combination of both, you know. Um, it's, it's interesting because he's always wanted, he wanted the whole line to be digital. Um, <laughs> he said in his like interviews, like exit interview thing that he did. for I think it was like entertainment. And he said about um, he wanted to do like a um, originally planned the whole line to be digital, but Marvel weren't going to do that. And, I, and now he's getting like a digital comic. So I'm wondering if it's like a please stay a little bit longer. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, just just to like, you know, legitimize is trying to make these infinity comics. Um, but I don't know. <clears throat> I think it's. I think X-Men Tiles have reverted to the old um, adage for me, where it's like, there's only a couple that I like, and it's usually going to be the fringe tiles. <laughs> and, um, and then the rest are just going to trundle along, I feel. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that X-Men has had a giant shift. Like, X-Men, the book, has had a giant shift from what it was uh, originally. Now it's just like the generic uh, team fight bad guy book like no plot just like punch shoot fire explosion <laughs> end of book. i feel like everything is moving towards um whereas um hickman's beginning and the beginning books felt like it was a, revol- a revolving door of, of characters that could be picked upon by anyone right it's now now they're feeling more solidified as team books mm-hmm. i know that i know that you could argue that some books like um Marauders, for example, always dealt with the same cast of characters, but now they're feeling rather than the cast, it feels more like a picked team mm-hmm. um, going forward. And I feel like once we get to the teaser image of um, the onslaught revelation, feels like they're sort of going throwing away the idea of like vagary books and delivering what people are kind of like screaming about. Whereas like the book has to be clearly defined with a clear team of X Men doing a clear team thing. Um, mm-hmm. We can't just have like the vague concept of is this morally right? <laughs> um, right. So, that, that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't want to say it's dumbed down, but the books do feel like there's some that don't. Um, but the, it does feel like they're moving towards more of a traditional yeah. style. Yeah. Maybe maybe the maybe the change was too much of a shock for a lot of people. You know, like plant gates and resurrected. Uh, the joke of X Men never dying becoming an actual in canon. Mechanic, <laughs> maybe maybe it was uh, maybe it's too much. Maybe we need another um, quote unquote Phoenix. Uh, oh, please yeah. no, I can't do another Phoenix thing. I really, <laughs> I will quit comic books altogether if they do that again. Sorry, right. someone else has got the Phoenix now. It has the X Men no longer need it. Um, yeah. So. Now, according to the blurb of that new book, there's an X Men on the hunt, which I'm sure will probably be Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'll probably have to read that. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just feel really bummed. Not like that all the books are bad, but just like we had this potential, and a lot of people didn't really follow through with it. And then the guy who was shuffling in this is like, "Well, you guys aren't. No one's doing this, so I don't want to do it anymore." And like all this, this just feels like wasted 
ideas and potential and like here's X-Men and let's explore these different aspects and all the other writers are like no nah, I don't really want to put any effort into like thinking about things other than punching and 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 bad guy secrets and you're like oh really we well, just revert back I to would... punching fine well we haven't looked at the sales maybe um X-Force and that are like the highest sellers and therefore they're like oh, maybe we should bring back it mm-hmm. pull it back a bit and like the Could books be. that don't deal with punching and getting show, showing Quentin get murdered every day. Um, maybe they're, they're the books people don't want, which is a shame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, it is a shame because two of the books that I enjoyed the most that we're going to talk about are kind of fringy, fringy titles. So uh, and not really interested in. I mean, there might be some fighting and stuff, but not re- that's not the focus of them. Right. I think I have the five books this time around, right? <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, the one, yes, you have the... X-Men uh, Fight Club. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> no, are, are, are you saying we don't have to talk about that one, Jason? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's definitely some... The line seems... So, right, when Hawks Fox first started, right, it was kind of just week in and week out of just excitement about the books. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm quite swidden as far, as far as you guys, but I definitely feel a lot more cautious about kind of like, well, what's good, what's bad. I, it's definitely the, the tingle <laughs> has, has subsided a little bit, right? Just kind of, all right, we're settling back into books. I mean, I, I still think we're doing better than we were, even without Hickman's direction. Even some of the stuff the other guy, sure. it still feels better than like the the color era, where only Tom Taylor's book was any good and everything else sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I think we're in a better place than that. But no, I agree. I, I'm I'm worried there's going to be a lot of missed opportunity stuff left in Hickman's brain that will never will never get to see. Um, and you know, I mean, some of these guys are playing. A little, with a little more subtlety, and, and I'll definitely be interested to see where some of that stuff goes. But I do agree; it just it feels a little less. I guess the new car smell is has worn off for sure, and sure. so just kind of saying, okay, well, what? When do we want to keep reading and talking about? Because you know, for a while, we, we, I think collectively, I can say pretty safe, we like even the stuff that maybe wasn't the best. We we're still pretty interested to at least try everything, and now I think we've definitely gotten to a point to where there's. You know, there's definite books that we just kind of don't worry about. <laughs> right. And and some of those happen to be going away, which is I guess its own conversation. But um yeah, I mean I I know yeah, we can probably move into the books and actually get some of these thoughts into a more concrete conversation. But I definitely definitely feel that the excitement for me has not gone away, but definitely lessened. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think it's palpable. All right, well, let's see what these comics actually look like. Let's uh, let's start off with New Mutants number 21. Uh, this is going to be Cleaning House or Krakoa Welcomes Gabby Kenny, written by Vita Ayala, uh, art by Rod Reyes, uh, letters by VCs Travis Lanham and Joe Caramagna, uh, designed by Tom Mueller. And there's a cover by Martin Simmons, I don't remember what it looks like because I'm not buying that many physical books anymore, but New Mutants is one I'm still picking up. Mm-hmm. And I got a variant cover, which does not have a credit. Oh. Huh. And so I don't know who it is. 
and it's a giant Shadow King head with the New Mutants floating around it. And I don't remember what the main cover looks like, so maybe one of y'all can help me out. It's kind of a Rod Reyes knockoff image. And, okay. uh, it's got three of the New Mutants like facing a shadowy figure on the right with some lightning going around. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, Dan, what do you think? It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm beginning to remember why I got the cover I did. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So basically in this book, um, Warpath takes a group of students up to clean space slugs off of the summer house. And while they're doing that, they're attacked by the brood. And then it's kind of one of those... I want to say sitcom scenarios, but maybe a typical cartoon type scenario, like you might see, like in old GI Joe episodes or, or you know, modern cartoons now, whatever the kids are watching, where you know Warpath had had this agreement with Brood that they would have a training exercise with the Brood, but the Brood that actually attacked were not the training exercise; they were actually bad Brood. And so it got a little too real, a little too fast. And then Brood comes in later, like, "Hey, you guys ready to train?" And Warpath's like, "Oh," <laughs> and just kind of mm-hmm. that, that kind of classic trope. Um, then back on Krakoa, we see uh, Wolf's Bane talking to the kids, and there's a whole kind of conversation about when I thought Vina handles really kind of well and interesting because the kids bring up all these really good points. We, we were kind of told that clones aren't getting cloned. And they're right. like, what? What do you mean? And they're like, well, Madeline. And then Gabby asked point blank, and no one would give her an answer. So, obviously, we've only been going on what you're telling us. But they're like, well, that's not really what we said. And then, so, you know, talking about how they've kind of um, possessed one of Gabby's bodies, and, and they're going to basically try to resurrect her on their own. But then the five are like, no, no, of course we can resurrect her. And they talk about how... If they're stored separately in Cerebro, then they have to be their own person, which means they can be resurrected. And so I don't know what we'll see. I know the the last Hellions arc that's going to end the book will have involved Madeline again. So maybe maybe Alex gets some wind of what's going on here and is like basically feels like like many people on Krakoa that that Xavier is kind of trying to pull a fast one, um, which we'll talk about that in a different book when we get to it. But, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, I thought it was a really interesting conversation. And it felt kind of really real life, right? Like where the kids were told something, they interpreted it, they took an action, and then were told they didn't really have to do it because someone else in the in the situation is walking back what was originally said, which I think happens a lot. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and then uh, we have... Uh, Danny and Karma talking about Wolf's Bane and how kind of basically how trying to decide what to do about the Shadow King. Like he's been given sanction or, you know, a safe space in Krakoa, just like all the other mutants, where he's obviously doing something that's not very good and they don't necessarily have proof that he killed uh, Gammy, but, you know, which would break the Krakoan law, but then they feel like, you know, he's definitely kind of. Working from the shadows, no uh, pun intended. But um, yeah. And then we get an awesome snicked, by the way, as uh, Gabby sees Wolf's Bane is like, you know, you didn't really. Basically, feels like that Wolf's Bane murdered her, and then Wolf's Bane kind of feels like maybe she did, and but it was under the control of the Shadow King and asked for help, and so they all kind of get in a good place. Um, 
I think the, the kind of the highlights besides the art, which is just great, um, are magic, you know, still doing the Kokoan coffee thing and then getting ready to go bust the Shadow King's head, but she doesn't really need a reason. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, seeing uh, Warpath kind of in a mentoring position and, and leading the kids around and obviously heading towards the showdown with the Shadow King. There's kind of a lot of, of different pieces going on here, but I thought it was handled pretty well. Uh, what did you guys think? Um, I think the art, uh, for the most part, is pretty spectacular. There are a couple of, of panels slash pages that are a little bit... You know, sometimes with the Reyes, you'll get like uh, things a little too far away, uh-huh. and everyone's face is just like a colored dot. Uh, right. So, yeah. like a loss of detail. Uh, but otherwise, I, I you know, anytime you get Rod Reyes on a book, it's it's uh, pretty spectacular. I I thought the the real heart, you know, the Gabby uh, storyline is really the heart of the New Mutants. So I appreciated the focus on that. The, the space stuff seemed kind of superfluous. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe they're, they're setting up for more brew in the future. But um, I really like the Gabby story. Uh, it, it touched me, and it was nice for the. Uh, the five to be like, yeah, that rule about not resurrecting clones is dumb. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> like that was a, nice of them to show initiative. So yeah, uh, I I enjoyed the book. I um, really enjoyed it. I think that it's kind of like it feels like a quintessential X Men story. There's melodrama, character. There's stupid alien fighting. Um, <laughs> it kind of had all the elements that a really good X Men book has, and I think. It stands out. It's really starting to stand out. Um, Vito is just killing it with the characterization. Um, to to think we had Ed Brisson on this book at one point is insane. But um, <laughs> like, like the the handle on such an interesting topic because New Mutants is one of the only books that is bothered <laughs> about anything to do with like the Cocoan, uh stuff. It would seem recently, right? And they have such a, a grasp of like the innocence of this group of kids that are being manipulated by the Shadow King and something bad has happened to one of them. And like, like Jason said, it feels kind of real um, mm-hmm. and like how kids would behave. And the fact that someone who's grieving uh, is completely manipulated uh, as well. Uh, Wolf Spain is completely manipulated into it, into mm-hmm. a, a desk, like a, a devastating act um, without their fruition. It all feels very real. Even if it is psychic manipulation, it feels like things that could have happened in reality. And it feels like it's coming from a, 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 a sort of, um, what's the word? Sincere place. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel exploitative because uh, let's be fair, we um, not to hark on about other things, but there are comics that we've read recently that use trauma and exploit it too much. Um, mm-hmm. And this, feels like the the script uses all of its elements to um sort of have all the characters come to a, a nice realization and like a cathartic sort of um hurrah before they go and kill the beast and i i i actually appreciate the the fight in space because it kind of le- gives like a bit of levity to the whole thing right. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and it does set, it might be setting up some crazy brew stuff later but um, it was just nice to see teaching because because sure. because um, fundamentally this book originally uh, was obviously a, a space adventure, but um, a lot of it has been about 
supposed to be about the teaching of these children. And it was nice to see that then the ki- the kids that Warpath has been mentoring like come into their own and manip- manipulate each other's like use that synergy thing that the new mutants have been trying to mm-hmm. show them for ages. And um it's all wrapped up in such a beautiful package because Reyes is stunning. Like just the, like he can draw like a really beautiful expression, expressionist uh, face of like Gabby waking up, but then in this a couple of panels later, there's like googly eyes from the Aqua Boy dude, which just totally suits. Like he's got massive googly eyes, but it totally suits <laughs> the Aqua Boy's design. And like there's like a really great um, sort of juxtaposition between like weird, weird comedy um, drawing and like um, depictions, and then uber serious sinister stuff as well it's got yeah. loads of flavor that, the that best page of warpath just literally slamming and ripping his way through the brood where it's all red on the top mm-hmm. and then the darkest space on the bottom like that's that's a killer page like that is so yeah. good it's, yeah so yes that's just i was singing phrases it's i forget the thing is when you mutants i read it love it and i'm like i have to read the rest so because I get excited and reading Mutants first, when I should probably leave it till the end. <laughs> but I think it is one of easily one of my favorites out of the whole X line at the moment. I also want to highlight the page uh, where Proteus is like holding Gabby back, and there's this great like purple glow over everything uh, with like mm-hmm. some Kirby crackle and stuff. Like the coloring on this book is just superb. Yes, it is. And Reyes does the colors as well, right? Like he does his own colors. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. This is, I mean, it's definitely always at the top of my list on the X-Line in general. Uh, I won't say immediately with Vita taking over, but very quickly into the book, they really turned it into something special um, as they kind of found their footing. Um, It's definitely my favorite. It'll definitely be my highest scored issue of this episode, for sure. Okay. Cool. Want to read it then? Yeah, I'm going to go full six out of six claws for me on New Mutants 21. I loved it. I'm 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 with you at six out of six. I think it's just a really great way of just. It's a great story. It's just a great comic book. Yeah, it really is, and I want to echo that. Uh, uh, Vita, is Vita, right? Yeah, not Vita. Vita. Uh, I think we had the first two issues of the writing. We were like, oh, there's a trying to juggle a lot here, but they really did find their footing, and uh, this has been sort of a uh, a staple, like an excellent book you can you can count on uh so it's i'm just just happy this book continued you know <laughs> after <laughs> right. after hickman left i was like oh no what are they gonna do uh and then vita took on and I'm like okay yeah this is great let's, let's keep going sounds good let's move to a book that has been pretty consistent for us and see where we land on it right now and that's marauders 24 marauders 24 let me pull it up. Um, boo, 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 boo. Marauders 24, writer Jerry Duggan, artist Phil Noto, uh, letter of VCs Corey Pettit, mm-hmm. uh, design Tom Muller, and the cover by Russell Darderman and Matthew Wilson. And it's a pretty standard cover. It's uh, sort of the three heads uh, of the organization uh, with blasters pointed at them. Uh, what did you guys think? Um, so I'm a sucker for... Dortmund's sort of weird blaring that he does to like create sort of foreground and background and the idea of like a, he's focusing a camera so I was like I like the hands that they're slightly blurred um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I actually really like this cover because it just feels sort of fun and swashbuckly. Sure. Yeah, it's fun. And he really nails kind of the body language, right? Oh, yeah. Shaw doing the very macho, like, got his fist up. And then just kind of almost aloof, but still being very strong and powerful. And then Kitty just kind of, you know, being mean. She's been on edge lately. I, I, yeah, I I don't think it's like, oh, blow my mind cover, but it's really good. I like it. Cool. Uh, so in this issue, uh, the Marauders join Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> and there's sort of a, a Star Wars thing happens. And at yeah. the end, they get they get double-crossed. Uh, they, they meet... Uh, Han Lando, basically, who um, uh, is like, hey, Emma, you took my ship. And Emma's like, okay, can I buy your ship? He double-crosses them and steals their money and and takes the ship at the end. And uh, they are sucked into the vacuum of space, and something bad may happen. Meanwhile, on the Earth, a new character pops up, and we have no idea why to care about them. Um, This this felt like Phil Noto was like, can I draw another Star Wars issue, but in X-Men? And I was totally (laughs) fine with that. Um, it looks great. Oh, it, it um, looks superb. Uh, the the like it's it's a fun kind of inconsequential. Just like here, your Marauders character is on an alien planet. Let's have some some like brightly colored Star Wars fun. Uh, I don't feel like I mean it. It is starting off sort of a new storyline, obviously, but it just felt like it, it's, it's good comics in the way that I didn't have to think about it, but. It wasn't like a punch-punch fight. That's all we're doing. It was, this is a light, fun story with characters you enjoy with some great art. Like, it was just very solid for me. Yep. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned the Star Wars aspect because, you know, he had did a run on a, a Poe Dameron book with Charles Soule that w- you can probably find on Marvel Unlimited now. I don't know if I would say it's an outstanding enough book to go, like, track down, but it looked great. Um, and this... He's very much stylistically, like as far as costume designs and setting designs, like this. This could have been an issue with that, just with X Men having to be in the Star Wars universe. Um, <laughs> so right. the art, but yeah, it's really it was really spectacular art wise, pretty fun. The idea that Sebastian Shaw like went to this port to just kind of get drunk by himself, and he still can't manage to avoid <laughs> yeah. Emma and Kitty. Like it's, it's a nice, fun, and almost comedic moment there as well. So, yeah, pretty fun book. Yeah, I, yeah, it looks great, and it is really fun. Um, I agree with Georgie. I don't care for this teleporting mutant at the end, but um, obviously more Sebastian Schaff and to come, yay. Um, my only gripe is like. Is there only three characters in this book now? Right. <laughs> and the rest of, and the rest of window dressing. Um, but um, other than that, it was just a fun little weird little jaunt into the the house of mouse synergy. Um, so yeah. You you bring up a good point, Dan. Like Iceman and Pyro have really taken a, a giant backseat in this book. Um, but at least Bishop is getting sort of a promotion, uh, right, right to head head of the captains. So seeing him. Maybe featured more here, or maybe featured more in, in other books. Might be nice, at least. It should be nice for the Omega level um, highest prior, uh, highest like promote, promoted gay character to actually do something for right, a change. Right. Um, right. <laughs> I do like his little comment about "Were you here when I terror, ter- helped terraform this planet?" So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I think this book is going to slowly become just a hell, like just about Shaw. And Emma, 
I know it's always been about them, but I think with with this new character, which I believe used to go out with, sure. Um, I feel like it's going to be another um, Sebastian Shaw storyline. Yeah, because that Lord Chantel was the lady that um, you know Emma helped escape from Shaw's clutches. Um, so it'll be interesting, I guess, to see what why she's coming back and what what's going to happen there. Um, maybe. It's definitely kind of old school Hellfire Club drama. So nostalgic fans should be pretty, I guess, excited about it. I don't really remember (laughs) much about them. So, you know, it's going to have to be more than just a name to excite me. I'm going to have to see what the character does and what Dugan does Mm -hmm. with the story. So, I thought this was fun and and good art. I'm I'm on the fifth between a four and a five. I'll let you guys convince me which way to go. What would y'all do? I'm gonna okay. go a four, I think. I think I feel like that is that a disservice. This is a really good like fun issue. Maybe it deserves a five because the art's amazing. Okay, I'm right. gonna go five. Right. Georgie, go, what are you gonna, gonna go you're five. gonna decide for the whole team what we no, got? I'm going five too, and mostly okay. because how can you look at this artwork and not give this book right. a high right. grade? You know what I mean? Fair enough. Then fives it is across the board. All right. Uh, Trial of Magneto number two is um, condolences to the bereaved or welcome to Krakoa. There's no like Sonata X by, I don't know, that's a joke. I can't even finish. Um, Lee Williams is the writer. Lucas Vernack is the artist. Edgar Delgado is the colorist. VCs Clayton Cowles is a letterer. Tom Mueller still with design. Uh, Valerio Schiti and Marcio Minez do the cover. And on the cover, we have Magneto in his old school costume, ripping the armor off of Iron Man. And Captain America's shield is floating up there. And then Cap, Vision, and Wasp are on the ground. Um, I'm a Schiti fan. This cover is fine. Yeah. I feel like you've seen this image a thousand times. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it's not poor by any means, right? This cover. No, uh, no. no, but yeah, you've seen it before. Yeah. All right. So, uh, basically, in this book, Magneto is still acting not like himself. Uh, the Avengers come to Krakoa, and they're you know invited this time. The X Men are going to kind of show them around with the intent that they'll collect. Wanda's body is kind of a gesture of goodwill um, between the Avengers and the X-Men. Uh, Emma Frost distracts um, the Avengers uh, by hi- psych- uh, 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 telepathically hiding um, the arbor, but also distracting them with her legs. And then um, Tony Stark is kind of particularly douchey about it. And then um, the X-Factor guys are trying to decide what to do. The highlight of the whole issue is this beautiful – just like last time in the first issue, we had those couple of pages of, of Wanda that just looked like a level above the rest of the book. Here we mm-hmm. get another splash page of Wanda that just looks like a completely – almost completely different artist. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was really good. The colors really popped. And then we find out that maybe Hope or someone else – is that Hope? I don't even – I can't tell if the hair is supposed to be red or pink. but um. A character may or may not be manipulating Magneto into acting like such an idiot. And then, um, you know, Cap apologizes to Quicksilver, blah, blah, blah. 
uh, Magneto comes and says, you can't have the body, and starts fighting everybody. Everybody fights. Everybody fights sometimes. Um, then we see Mystique uh, in the in the shadows, and mm, this is interesting. And then turns out there wasn't a murder after all. So what are we even doing here? <laughs> that whole oh, man, you just summed it all up for me. What's what's the purpose of this book? <laughs> what are we doing? I, I really do want to know because I feel like what's going to happen in Inferno is just going to trump the shit out of this anyway. So is it even going to matter by the time we get to the end with Inferno being three or four issues in by that point? Like, I don't know. It wasn't as bad. I, I thought it was... I thought it was a more solidly produced issue than number one. Like the, the dialogue was a little better, the plot moved a little bit, but it still just feels kind of meh. And I still don't like. I mean, I guess knowing that Magneto is being at least somewhat manipulated in some See, way. I didn't get that. Helps. I didn't. I didn't get that he was being manipulated. Oh, so what do you think was going on there? How did you interpret that scene? Well, he was like they had put him to sleep, like they were. They were like interrogating his mind right and then uh-huh. hope woke him up like hey you, i need your help to, to do this for me he's like okay i can do that it just felt i don't know is there was there but all his hostility oh, no. okay, is around because so, hope's like don't let them get the body you can't you yeah there's a little bit of energy going from her hand to his face i see that now so okay yeah, yeah. i don't know did, <laughs> did, do do any of us really want to even talk about this book no, I'm fine with just slapping a middle of the road and moving on. What do you think, Dan? It's the same book as issue one. This is the exact same. Because <laughs> no, this is what's really annoyed me. It really is. is, that... it really is. They, they fight the no. Avengers again. He gets mad. Because <laughs> it's, just, it's just character work that's... Some of it's actually decent. Like, I think, uh, North Star with Quicksilver. And there's some, like, decent moments. And then it's just crazy Magneto attacks people again and then it ends with Wanda in a different pose. The only thing that is kind of bugging me is I've just realized is that isn't this the second book William has written where a black gay guy gets violently attacked in some way, shape or form? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but she just said that the first one wasn't her fault. Oh, yeah, so this one won't be her fault either. Um, (laughs) But um, She might be the writer, but she didn't choose to get attacked, Dan. She didn't choose to write it either, apparently. Um, <laughs> I don't understand the art because uh. I'm feeling like there's three people on art. Because some pages, like the first couple of pages of Magneto in his um, happy, crazy interstellar bedroom, um, looks totally different to like yep. some panels later. And then there's a really like overly um, sexualized Jean holding the top of her head, shadowing herself from the um, the sun. And then like everyone's got normal proportions later all the women have normal proportions and then you've got the really beautiful wonder picture and then there's like really nice and it just keeps if i feel like one person's decided to like funnel three different styles and to see if you can get away with it i don't know it just <laughs> yeah it doesn't and work I think the, either the, the, work, the work does sometimes work it's very bright for the subject matter which i find kind of bizarrely entertaining as oh. i read it um, <laughs> the book looks really funny if you don't read the words because even that yeah. page, I like the Avengers jumping into action before Wasp, like, micro-punches Magneto in the nose. Like, that Iron Man looks pretty great. Captain America looks kind of weird, though. But, like, yeah, is, is, it just, 
is it just like every character has to be a, is it only like they can only be a douchebag or have like a really meaningful moment there was no other like level to these people like like you only get people go oh let's have an emotional moment and then in the next panel you have I mean Tony Stark being like oh I love those boobs you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah I yes. don't know. I, yeah, let's yes. just stop talking about it because it isn't really well done. And it annoyed me that I just read two issues of the same fucking plot line, essentially. <laughs> uh, so it's issue three just going to be they have a meaningful conversation. Magneto is upset because someone burps at dinner and kills a few people. And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he just flies off the handle for like no reason. I still can't get over that he tried to kill his, like, BFF and the, like crush his head. Right, right. <laughs> ain't nothing but yeah. craziness happening here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I don't know if I have enough emotional energy to really say. Then this is just it's just a it's three out of six. Just kind of who cares. Um, but if y'all want to go twos, that's fine. No, I'm gonna give it a two because it just keep because because it, it's just a, it's a fen- it's a fence in vending me. It's like trying to sell. <laughs> so it's like it's, it's like if you um you 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 die on the same level of Sonic and you're constantly <laughs> constantly playing the same fucking level of Sonic. <laughs> I'm I'm deeply offended. The Dan had some Sonic drama. Yeah. <laughs> I love you pick Sonic. That's I don't know why you pick Sonic, but <laughs> Oh man, that's I was a say goodbye for me to no end. Oh no, that makes sense. I've been playing I don't know if you guys know the game Celeste. Uh but I've been playing that a lot and I, I die on every stage a million times. So like uh <laughs> totally get it. Uh so what would you give it? A two, Dan? A one? Yeah, a two a two. It's not yeah. that offensive. Yeah, I'll <laughs> give it a two as well. It was like co- carbon copy of issue one. At least at least one is not dead. I don't know. Like maybe maybe we're nearing the end of this. Do we know how many issues this is? Uh, well, so far just one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was that was the highlight of the afternoon for me. No, I don't know. I can't remember if it's four or five. I'm not sure. I thought it was six. Oh my six? goodness! Oh please don't. Because Aren't we already done with the story? I thought it made it sound like it made it sound like Inferno finishes at the, at the same time. <laughs> when I was reading a solicitation, it felt like Inferno issue four is, finishes at the exact same time as. If in issue six, Silver Surfer comes in and just gives Magneto a thumbs down and everyone kills him, then I'll, that, I'll, that'll be okay. <laughs> Random Silver Surfer appearance. I no can save this. Issue six um, will just be the same as issue one. Yeah, it will come full circle. I'm crazy and I got magnetic powers. <laughs> he just killed. It'll just end end with him killing Wanda, so he actually ends up killing her. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll say we should have a trial. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, uh, take us into X Men number. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. Um, right, X Men uh, number three. Uh, fight, fight for your right to evolve. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, so. Written loosely by Joey Duggan, uh, art by uh, Pepe Leraz, Marty Gracia is the colorist, Hesey's Clean Carls is the lower, uh, Tom Mueller on design, and Pepe Leraz and Marty Gracia is the cover. And the cover has a shark on it 
which I wanted to be in the actual bloody comic and is not in the bloody comic. And I was extremely disappointed. There was no shark man trying to kill Cyclops. And so, yes. Basically, it's animal people fighting Wolverine and Rogue. Yep. It's, um, well, you say Wolverine, um, extra number two with claws. Um, if, if it's the script anything to go by. So in Vietnam, the X-Men are waiting uh, on a spaceship. And who should come out but the high evolutionary and a plot point from Remender's Uncanny Avengers. And um, oh, said, yeah. said, and a virus to kill all of humanity. Said plot point upsets Rogue. Rogue punches um, Herman, which is, I didn't know that was his actual name. And now I think it's Herbert, hilarious. isn't it? Herbert. Herbert, that's even better. Yeah. Um, Herbert, the high evolutionary, is like. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that's how he addressed himself. Hey, I'm Herbert, the high evolutionary. Sounds like a like a kid. I'm ready to meet all your that. evolution needs just for nine ninety nine a month. Yeah, like, on a bad commercial. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, Herb and his um litany oh, okay. of um of animal people fight the X Men for vague reasons. Um, his cloned daughter of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch does stuff. Uh, the X-Men are split up to do stuff. Um, everyone fights. Sunfire gets knocked out for a reason. And then um, the High Evolution, he seems to be having the time of his life. And he decides that he wants Sink's blood because Sink is, can mimic anyone is better than Rogue. And then he um, unveils the curtain to Jean and lets her read his mind and see the weird mushroom person the end. And he just leaves because he got blood and he doesn't want to release the virus. And then we have two coders, I believe, which is just um, random dude from issue one is now going to work with Arcus because everyone works with Arcus. It feels like the Avengers films where it's like, do you want to work for S.H.I.E.L.D.? Being the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everyone at the end of every X book is like, you're working for Arcus now? Yeah, cool. Awesome. And then the other coder is uh, Resurrection is about to go public. As Henry, I'm always a villain. I don't know why I'm in a government position always. Um, because, gives, um, because the government's evil, evil, Dan. Come on, wake up. Is that Guy Rich? I thought it was yeah. Darkhawk. <laughs> 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 like, how did Darkhawk get all this stuff? Right. Um, gives, uh, gives it to uh, Ben Ulrich, who will um, up, is upset that uh, a decapitated Cyclops picture was put in front of him. So he's going to write the story of his life, and I assume that is all going to fall out next issue. I generally didn't realize until like this issue and when Emma was concealing the harbor that Resurrection was actually a secret. <laughs> I, right, I was like, right. is, it, is it a secret? Oh, okay. Um, it's a lovely looking book. There's some great uh, panels. I really like when the Raz does that mouth thing where they look like they're almost disjointing their mouths when they shout at people. Um, yeah. And I think the punch of Herb where he's like being socked in the face and is is full-on dragon ball z-esque uh yeah. style <laughs> i think the, the the picture of uh of the color work gracias is astonishing the, the 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 picture of the spaceship at the beginning is beautiful everything is gorgeous yeah it's just a shame that i do not care i so. really love the uh the pose where uh wolverine is uh sort of holding hands with sync almost like they're about to dance yeah you, you yes. feel like the love between them and she lets out her her claw, just 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 the tip of his finger. It, it felt like very intimate and 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 loving. I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. You just have it a almost, lot more. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and I, I mean, it obviously plays on our reader expectation because, you know, Sink is struggling with how do I tell Wolverine what we experienced. And we know that Wolverine doesn't remember it, but this, this does almost betray like a did something carryover. Or does she have just her own natural feelings for him now? Because it wasn't just a, here, let me get you some blood. I mean, put Logan in this scene, right? And just like, oh, I just got to cut you real fast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and she is very, obviously she's, she's much more compassionate, I think, just in general, which is one of the things I love about her. But it is, it's more than even just a friendly and compassionate thing. It is a very intimate scene. It is, uh, Georgie, was it you that described it as dancing? I think that's so perfect. Yeah, yeah. It is like they're, like they're waltzing. Um, you know, and there's, there's, I think, intentional romantic tension built into the art, which I think is great. And mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how they develop that on Laura's side. I, I mean, how cool would it be if Satan doesn't even have to, like, ever tell her what happened? And she just kind of finds feelings on her own and they have just a natural, organic relationship and he he gets the satisfaction of knowing then he kind of gets a second chance and but from laura's side it's just this is just normal you know i could i could totally see and and i you know i'm not saying a writer should should do it this way but a a very you know star wars episode five where when they do get together and he's like i have to tell you something and she's like i know like not that she knows everything that happened but she knows there's right. feelings that she knows something happens where she you know where hansel is about to be dipped yeah. and she's like yeah. i know where she's just <laughs> like i know i know I, I know there's a thing between us like I, I think that just those two words would portray so much emotion between the two it would be really sweet um yeah. I, I do have a question for you guys i haven't read much high evolutionary is he always this unstoppable oh god yes um his power <clears throat> level is determined on who he fights. I've just recently been reading Spider-Woman, and he's in that, and his power level is not as powerful as this, um, <laughs> but he is pretty much a formidable um, opponent. I mean, he um, created a whole his own planet, so... Yeah. Right. Some people don't... Like, he's sometimes he's a joke. Right. Sometimes he's, like, he completely dismantles Remender's team. Mm-hmm. That, that, which which has got this uh, the 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 clone comes from like with right. rogue he, he tortured her and everything like within seconds he defeated them all so okay it just depends on how he, how they want him to be I, see, I kind of remember him from like old avengers days where he was more of a joke character yeah i think they they prefer him to be high evolutionary as opposed to herbert um, <laughs> um why why the only thing I like, you've sold me a little bit more on some of the because uh, the character interactions are actually my favorite bits. Yeah, I, I like, like the paper rock like... scissors with Scott and Jean. <clears throat> yes. Um, oh, my only well, he's thing like, is... you're not cheating, are you? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No. My only thing is, um, I feel like they're not right. Jean's not being benched like as a character, but her power set is. Does that make sense? I know yeah. she's like, I'm ca- I'm containing the the. Uh, the virus wink wink i'm like is it just because you can't be bothered to have a like atomize these people or whatever it is she can do because i think it cuts the legs out there right because i mean i know it's stupid to talk about comics and say in real life because that's dumb but (laughs) i mean what what probably would have really happened here is just a really high stakes power off between high evolutionary and gene right like that they didn't want that. They wanted more of the team stuff. So I, I think they have, I don't know. 
It's it's a hard balance, I think. Right. Right. Maybe the team. Maybe the team's too powerful. Because there's some books that just have like a team lineup that's just a bit too much, mm-hmm. and so they need to like figure out how it all works. Um, I mean, Sink is incredibly, uh, you know, devastatingly powerful, uh, depending on who's around him, right? So, right. like, yeah. uh, uh, if if I don't know if the high Evolu- like could he mimic high evolutionary's powers even? You know, like it could just be too too much if you really dive into well, why didn't he do this or why didn't they do this? I think I think I'm just I'm I'm more like because no offense to Polaris but she kind of feels like a third wheel. Um, yeah. Like she's like a redundant, <laughs> like, a, like she's a little bit redundant. But that and that's why I feel like Jean's always sort of I'm putting a bubble up. I'm talking to people telepathically. I will not use the same powers which kind of visually look like but pink Polaris is. Um, <laughs> so, but you know she was verted in. So. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I completely agree with y'all's criticism of the book that it is very much punch them and go. Um, but that didn't bother me as much on this one. I think, I think I felt that a little more in one and two, but I don't know. For this one, I just had a lot more fun with it. So I'm probably going to grade it a little higher than you guys. I'm going to go ahead and go uh, five out of six for me. I think for me, um, I'm going to give it a three because I think there's a lot of the, the punching isn't as unique or dynamic. As it mm-hmm. feels sure. like they could really go for it, so yeah. I, I felt like there were, you know, the character moments here, uh, even though they aren't, you know, huge uh, as in in in, in amount, uh, they they felt, uh, you know, they had some substance to them. So uh, I really appreciated that, especially the second time around. Um, so I'll give this a, a four out of six. I think you know okay. the artwork's pretty good. I mean, it's yeah. fight fight, but I, I appreciated those moments that that they they brought in. Well, and I'm a sucker for all the animal people and the bionics and, and that stuff. So those designs by Laraz really uh, tickled my my fancy. Sure. So, all right. Well, I do need to keep us on track time wise. Uh, sure, let's go. Dan, can we kind of burn through onslaught revolution? I know there's a lot of words in it, but um. All right. So, Siberia is the writer. Bob Quinn is the artist. Java Tataglia is the color artist. VC Clayton Cowles is our letter. Tom Mueller design. Giuseppe Camacoli and my Gracia are the cover. The cover is just angry Xavier with uh, <laughs> Ghost, Onslaught, and um, Nightcrawler and uh, Legion. Um, the cover's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And I will ban through this book then. So essentially, um, Onslaught devises, uh, initiates his final plan, which is like a, a dance, till you, dance till you die. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and once you're all resurrected, I'll feast on your whatever um and so to count to counter that nightcrawler and uh god legion um (laughs) decide to do their plan which is kidnap pixie unmind wash her so because she has a soul sword which will allow her to expel uh onslaught from some people they sort of get a team together um we have um a moment to like the almost like a, a, the emancipation of fabian cortez and we we kind of like have a um little bit of history that uh, this onslaught was created in a lamp and put into lost and all, using all of her pain and suffering and uh this team of awesome mutants come together with uh, dust and do like a care bear stare-esque 
thing, Hurricane, <laughs> and uh, expel the evil onslaught from the island. And because of that, Nightcrawler's got an awesome long coat because he's decided to like have a better wardrobe. And he, <laughs> he bought, he bought his, his boy's beard, beard back and decided that he's going to like reboot that 80s cartoon, Legionaries. And um, yeah, that's the book. So I really like this book. I was kind of dreading it, but I actually really enjoyed <laughs> it. was enjoyed... more fun, right? Yeah, I thought, oh, no, it's just going to be a dumb Onslaught thing. But it actually, Onslaught turned out to be not really that important to what the, the book was trying to do, right? Right. And I think it really kind of paid off Way of X in a way that I wasn't expecting it to because it, it seemed yeah. like it was, it was steering away from sort of the, the religious and, and resurrection stuff. But it really tied that together and – uh, I felt like Legion had had a, a good purpose here. I liked I liked how it ended and it, like Onslaught was defeated in a unique way and sort of how, how they went about everything. I was you know happily surprised. It kind of makes you feel like some of the Way of X issues maybe could have been cut and had a more streamlined story that ended here. Um, maybe would have made that book a little more satisfying overall. Because I agree, it ends in a much better place than. The last couple of issues of Wave X would have led me to believe. So good on Spurrier for that. Yes, I feel like this was the plan all along and something else got in the way. Um, <laughs> I think the word onslaught and the obsession with um, nostalgia right. may have got in the way. Right. But uh, the words of beautiful care is on point as like yeah. the, yep. the guardian of this, this island's soul. Legion works perfectly well and has done, done a good job of like coming in as not just the other issues where he's just there stealing the scenes because he's breathing air. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like the team that they sort of come together are really positive, like a really nice positive group of people. And this like going forward to like, we're going to protect this peace and this spark and this belief that we're creating. Uh, we're going to have this new team and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I am a little curious to see how they get a uh, juggernaut involved, not being a mutant. Right. Um, but uh, it definitely looks impressive. I'm hoping is Quinn going to be the artist on the the Legionnaire, I'm get, or whatever it's going to be called book? And I'm really he's, his art's really grown on me. Yeah, grown on me too. Um, I don't know. I really, really, really like this issue. Like visually, I think yeah. the color work mm-hmm. and the art is perfect. I, anytime you bring Nightcrawler with a beard is a, is a plus as well. And, um, <laughs> I think the designs for Nightcrawler in this just are fantastic, and yeah. I really like like the way he draws um, Lost. He's, mm-hmm. She's got a really unique physiology. I think Pixie looks great. Everyone, even like oh, weird Pixie cyborg, looks so good, yeah, weird cyborg tentacle head Legion looks fantastic. Um, yeah, I really, I just really enjoyed it, and I'm I'm down for this new book, uh, no matter who's in it, because I think it's going to be kind of what maybe they want to do right forward. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. So definitely a redemption, a redemption story for Way of X, <laughs> yeah. including some redemption stories for the characters involved as well. Um, so, yeah. Um, well, I, I'm going to surprise myself and probably some of our listeners. And this is a pretty, pretty solid five out of six clause for me. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Jason. Five out of six. I was... This is the last book I read, and I'm like, oh, God, i got to read an Onslaught book. And then afterward, I was like, oh, my goodness, that was a good Onslaught book. That was – yeah, I really liked that. I liked it because it wasn't an Onslaught book. That's mm-hmm. what I was getting tired. 
high for me. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, great. So, yeah, we'll definitely see where that new book goes. But now we're going to get to the main event of the episode, which is Inferno number one. Um, oh, where's the... Agree. Where are the credits? Um, all right. Jonathan Hickman is the writer. Valerio Skidi is the artist. David Curiel as the colorist. Mises Josebino is the letter. Tom Mueller on design. And then Pepe Larraz and Marte Garcia on the cover. The cover is kind of the image we've all seen for a long time. It kind of reminds you of the Mutant Massacre artwork, like the promo art, if you remember that. And just dead X-Men laying all over the floor. Yeah. Moira standing in the middle, almost with the camera looking down at her. Um, while I've seen it a lot, I still think it's a pretty good cover. It hasn't completely burned out on me yet. I like it because it's essentially Hickman and the mutants of the X office. So um, that's how I, <laughs> I, envision, I envision it. No, I really, I actually really like this cover. Um, I haven't seen it as much as you guys, so it's been nice to. Um, well, I, I think it. it's a pretty excellent cover. And something I just noticed, uh, which is interesting, uh, they're all sort of lying there dead, but it looks like Mystique and Nightcrawler are holding hands, like uh, oh, yeah. mother-son sort of a thing. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that really implies anything's going to be happening, but I just well, thought that was te- te- really sweet. Technically, Storm sneaked a hand under his ass. So, well, I know. mean, she's, you know, I'm not going to begrudge her for that. Oh, and Magneto's doing the same thing to Xavier, so that bromance finally happens. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Oh, my goodness, there's a lot in this book. I will try my best to distill it. Um, We have a resurrection of Xavier and somebody with long hair, and then Emma is overseeing it. It's a beautiful opening two pages. I'm trying to remember how it fits into everything else. Um, then we get some more detailed information about Orcus. We find out that there was, there's been several X-Force excursions. You know, we had the failed mission of Mystique. We had the, the, uh, mission from Pox Pox that we saw. But since then, or maybe in between all those, the X-Force team has tried several times to get in and find and destroy Nimrod and have not been successful. Here we see a mission from Wolverine, Domino, and Quentin, um, where they are eventually destroyed. They actually find Nimrod this time, but are not able to do anything against him. Um, Nimrod negates Domino's luck uh, with some unlucky balls. And then um, Quentin Choir has a pretty great uh, design that he does, but of course he, he loses. And even Wolverine, though he's able to cut through Nimrod's gut, um, you know, still gets uh, Days of Future Pasted where he just eviscerated to a flaming skeleton and we find out there's more than one nimrod and then we find out that the orcus scientists are watching the footage and you know they basically are are discovering they still have bodies of several of the x-force members that they collected after these missions and so they're discovering something about either cloning or doppelgangers or something because not only are they seeing the same x-men over and over again but they seem to not be learning anything. Like they're making the same mistakes. They're trying and failing in some of the same ways. So there's this obvious whatever is happening while they're here is not making it back home. So um, they're kind of getting some key insights uh, into what they're assuming may not be a resurrection process. Then we go back in the past. 
And we see Moira with a team of scientists developing a cure for the X gene. They're attacked by Mystique and Destiny. Um, was most of this out of like a Hoxpox issue? I, I feel like I remember seeing a lot of this before. I think we saw parts of this. This fleshes out the scene, gives it more detail, uh, tells us a little more about what Destiny actually said to Moira to kind of tempt her and change her mind to try what we're seeing in Life 10. Because uh, we find out this was from Life 3, right? Did I catch that right? I, I don't remember. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Then Moira's third life, and now we move to the tenth life. And um, we find out that uh, these uh, um, elderly women couple that Hickman introduced has been selling Krakoan secrets uh, to Orcus, but they feel like that's not really working. They find out there's a place with two gates, which I guess we'll probably play more into later, but... The X-Men have found some of the gates, but they escaped first. I wasn't actually kind of got a little lost in this middle piece. But um, anyway, after that, we find out that uh, Moira comes back home to her secret room, the no place, and uh, Xavier and Magneto are waiting for her. And they kind of have a little uh, tete-a-tete back and forth. Uh, we find out that they've been tracking Moira so that they know where she goes. And I guess I didn't really realize this. So we find out that they've been using her information but not letting her have and she really has nothing to do with what they're doing on Krakoa and kind of resents them for that. So you kind of not real sure like what the power dynamic is, um, but there's a lot of verbal sparring and they need some help. She doesn't really want to help, but eventually kind of decides, I guess I will, because they bas- she basically kind of says, you know, all these different lives that I've told you about every time we've tried to prevent Nimrod and you Nimrods just keep making it happen again. Almost like it's almost your fault. <laughs> and which, which doesn't really sit well with them. Um, and so they decide maybe they have to try something new. And we find out Magneto has his own Cerebro helmet, which I think is not the same one we saw him disappear with in the trial issue. Um, but, but they double down. On you know, not only they've been telling Mystique that we can't resurrect Destiny because we can't have free cogs or whatever, but they double down and go get basically Moira. Moira, I always mispronounce her name. Moira wants them to just eviscerate any trace of her life, her genetics, which involves them, of course, going to get gene samples from Sinister. Which can you really trust him to give you everything? No, you can't. And we'll find out <laughs> later, obviously, why. But they really do try their best to completely erase any chance of destiny ever happening. Um, Doug has a jacket with one sleeve so that he can have Warlock arm. Uh, he, Warlock, and uh, the main Krakoa trunk have a picnic together. Um, Storm and the council. Basically, Scott steps down. Uh, so they promote Bishop, which Dan alluded to earlier, which is pretty cool. Um, and they also promote Psylocke, which is the Canon Psylocke, um, to the council. And then Xavier kind of, I think in a, in a power move to try to get Mystique to step down, they start basically without calling it this, they, cut, they start suggesting like term limits <laughs> on the, on the quiet council. And, um, but Mystique kind of flips the script and says, oh, well, we need to add, fill some of these vacancies and I have just the perfect candidate and it's destiny. And you see Sinister kind of snicker. And yeah, I guess we'll find out. Is this the real destiny? Is it some kind of decoy? Is it just 
trying to screw with Xavier Magneto so she can get away later. Don't really know exactly what it is, but it appears to be Destiny back, uh, vying for a seat on the council, much to everyone's chagrin. Um, there's a lot to unpack from this issue, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, art was mostly pretty solid. It was, um, maybe not as, you know, clean and sharp as Skeety always is, but it was a lot of pages. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I felt like, I felt like we're getting to a, what could be a pretty decent payoff to what was promised in Hawksbox. So I'm excited about that. How'd you guys feel overall? I felt like finally we're doing something with Moira again. Cause we right? had like the revelation and then nah, we're not really going to, she's going to, we're going to sideline her again. We're going to fridge her again for a while and then finally bring her back. No, I'm just, my head just goes to speculating about why destiny was pushing her in this way and why destiny is like, you need to bring you back to, uh, mystique, like I, I feel like she's got a purpose in, in pushing Moira to do a certain way, and it, it makes sense in my head for like them to work together in a way for mutant, uh, uh, like like the future of mutantdom. Like if Destiny can read the future and Moira, you know, is reborn and is working towards saving everyone, why why aren't they, uh, you know, working together? Working together. Uh-huh. Uh, this also there's also like. Um, talking about how they need to evolve and this could be where um you know they hinted at they were sort of going to be merging mutant dna and creating like these like you know level two quote-unquote mutants like a right. nightcrawler plus a whoever gives you this person so i feel like hickman was starting to go into his face too like this is sort of the lead into it uh so i'm kind of nervous to see if if he had to change that or, or what's going to happen but um this just felt like all right a lot of potential but reading it for a second time, I felt like this is kind of bland. Uh, I don't know. Dan, what about you? Um, I admire that Hickman's come in and just gone, oh, has it been like two years since I wrote this? Oh, this is a direct sequel to House of X. Uh, ignore everything else. <laughs> um, like, it's like, the certain things which I think are nice, but I think maybe Hickman thinks he's cleverer than he actually is sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mirroring the opening of um, Hoxpox with Emma and uh, Magneto and Xavier. Obviously, and Emma now has like black lipstick, obviously. Um, so foreboding. is that a future scene? Is that foreshadowing? Well, the fact that it's almost identical to Xavier welcoming back the team that went to Arcus, which we see in like so many issues later, um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. makes me feel like it's purposeful, like it is that their birth may be executed <laughs> or killed later. Um, because of what they, they, they're reaping what they sow. Um, hey, to be fair, if this story ends up where they are both dead and demoted and Emma's just in charge of the whole shebang, I'm fine with that. <laughs> that would be uh, interesting. Um, I feel like, um, I won't call it bland. I'd call it sort of um, dry. It's the same word of bland as well. There's a lot of, um, <laughs> What kind what of music it, is it, Dan? What kind of music is this issue? Oh, I don't know. It's, it feels like that music that you put on when you go to sleep. Um, <laughs> is it that what? app that tells you like really quiet stories that helps you sleep? <laughs> like, yeah, like an ASMR X-Men book. No, anyway, um, what it reminds me of is, so you've written an essay, and you're like, oh, I'll leave it a couple of days. And then it's the day before handing, 
You look at it and go, oh, I need to finish this. And it's like, <laughs> I'm finishing it now. And it, I'm not bothered about what's happened. Like, ignore Apocalypse. Ignore all of that. That is done. We are we are doing I am I am just writing about this one idea. And I don't know if it's strong enough. Because I feel like the beginning um, works well. Uh, to a point, you know, like the, the, the sort of tease of the Nimrod, because that's the main, you know, antagonist. Mm-hmm. The bit with the bit with Destiny feels a little too long for just basically just going oh, get yes, on my yeah get on my because basically it boils down to Destiny going you either get on my page or we burn you down <laughs> like literally. And obviously, um, there's a bit more like um, cooking of Mora being a very very petty woman. Um, which I'm, I'm, I'm like, is this the characterization that she was like in Hot Spots? Because um, I get it, Magneto and Xavier, they sound and act like pricks in this, yeah. <laughs> this issue to her. I get it, but she, like, she, and and the whole point of Moira not wanting Destiny is because she was burnt alive by her. That literally seems to be the only case, sure. and she was friends. <laughs> She's friends. Um, but I feel like if you shortened the Destiny bit, you you got rid of the horticulture stuff in the middle. Uh-huh. Or maybe, like... Because it is confusing, because it's like... So, Orcus has got lots of people in different places, and we have a visual representation of AIM agents, SHIELD agents, whatever, all working for Orcus now, um, all allied against the mutants. Then we have apes, like a chimpanzee and a other monkey talking with that yeah. kids, And I was like, that's really... Bizarrely, fa- even for like this book, it feels very out there and like unnecessary, um, like distraction to what sure. what they're actually saying. And what they're saying is very dense and very like non-words. It's like watching an episode of Star Trek and one of them talks about like something that's out in space and they've talked for twenty minutes. And you're still like, so it's a wormhole, right? Um, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's just this one thing, but you've got like a hundred words. And I think it's all about cutting it down. And it's ironic because Hickman talks about how he he had to go to an extra issue or like they've had to make them bumper issues. And I'm like, really? I think you need an, edi- I need, you need an editor more than anything else. Um, yeah. like, Come on, Ryan Adams, you don't have to record every song you ever wrote. <laughs> and, um, and, and I do appreciate that the art sort of the 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 color the color the color work and the art sort of changes per um, vignette, um, so it has like a different feel to them. Um, like I, I adore the fact that it's uh, a more cute, like more rounded and cutesy pencils with um, Doug, whereas it's a bit more like uh, jagged angular lines with with um, with the council, and then with it's more like ominous smoke and glowing eyes with uh, Nimrod. I, I like that there's like a, a distinct sort of maybe it's not, maybe I'm just picking it up anyway. But it felt no, like I, a distinct I felt like it too. Yeah. Um, and I like all of these elements. It's just I feel like it's just too long. Like me talking right now, it just feels like it's going on forever, and it just. <laughs> Just, just cut it. I don't know. And you know what? I know the internet exploded uh, to the reveal of of um, Destiny. I was like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> so is the next couple of issues just revealing that she's either not Destiny or or like right. a coup? Or is it going right. to be a coup? Because it feels like it's going to be a coup, and the council will be forged without uh, Xavier. And Magneto, which would be interesting, maybe. Mm. But I don't know. It's like the de- the demotion of um, Cyclops felt very much like, like this is my, this is Hickman, Hickman saying goodbye to this character. 
like he's not going to write anymore, so he's getting demoted, and we're putting a oh, character. Was, that... I mean, it was a voluntary, uh, right? He wasn't demoted. He he stepped well, down. Yeah, it felt that to me felt like the scene that's like the writer, like Hickman leaving. That's him acknowledging that mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. his storylines are coming to a close. Right. Um. Because I do I hope it's almost carving that X Men team out of this story. Is yeah. What I'm wondering, but. Oh. Well, Jason, Jason, it sounds like you were higher on the book than we were. Well, I, I say that. I'm curious what, what, what our grades – sometimes we talk right. very differently than grade stuff the same <laughs> way. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I oh, – gosh. I had this a very high four out of six, but I wasn't quite to five yet. Um, I agree uh, – I hate to say this because he's one of my favorite writers. I I'm not sure how surprising any of this really was. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not, I don't know if, if Hickman out clevered himself a little bit. Um, right. I mean, I, I thought there was enough there to kind of say, okay, we are, you know, like Georgie alluded to, we are finally kind of addressing and pulling some of these threads back into the story, which I'm excited about. Um, and I trust Hickman to deliver it in a way that's entertaining and satisfying um, because he usually does not always, but usually. Um, So there's enough kind of optimism baked in for me to definitely keep it at the four level. And I like the art enough. I don't think it's Keaton's best work ever. Um, I don't think it's quite as good as, for for example, as maybe even the last couple issues of sword, which have been, you know, freaking amazing. Um, and that book definitely misses him, <laughs> which we'll talk about in just a second. Um, but, but yeah, I, I'm not quite to a five, but I'm, I'm excited enough or optimistic. Maybe is a better word enough and enjoyed enough of kind of the nuggets of this to leave it at a four. So where'd you guys end up? Go ahead, Dan. Oh, me fast. Okay. Um, uh, the thing about Hickman, is that he's all um, foreplay and not much climax, um, <laughs> and that 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 might be an overly sexual human like uh, analogy. But looking at his work, specifically his Fantastic Four and his Avengers, it's very nice building. But then he runs out of blocks, and oh, something sorry. happens, and he has right. to like, quickly put it together. Um, um, you were saying sorry? No, no, I, I can, I can wait. I'll save it. Um, okay. So, I, but the thing is with this is I really enjoyed the art, and there were some really lovely, poetic, very Hickman lines of dialogue, which I really, really enjoyed. I love the talk when they talk about the seasons and like there's gonna, you know, the, there has to be a new season on the council and such stuff. And his mystique has the the, the right temperament, even though she hardly speaks. <laughs> But um, because for me, destiny, this destiny just feels. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I don't really rate her as a character. Like she, like she's not like <laughs> a, she's not really been essential in my brain and in my reading of right. X Men. Maybe right. maybe because I, I've been more like in the in the in the Excaliburs or the the Gen Xs. Maybe I've just not seen her much. But she's never really been a thing. So maybe it's just like sort of working like. He's working like the like uh, pumping up the crowd for Destiny, and Destiny walks onto the stage, and I'm still like, mm, "Who are you?" Um, right. Nice heels, sort of thing. But <laughs> so I'm going to give it a three because this is all going to a three because I really like the art and the art choices and the color work. 
But I think the script really needs some scissors or delete button. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree. There's there's too much happening. Fifty two pages was way too many to basically say here's a recap of Hoxpox and then we're bringing Destiny back alive. It was a lot of pages to tell, not a whole lot. Uh, I'm going to give it a three. I thought the artwork was fine. Uh, he had a lot to do. Uh, just looking over the pages now, I'm like, oh, I kind of wish they would bring back um, Namor because that's where that's where uh, um, Magneto goes to get the other uh-huh. Cerebro helmet is is the right. throne they prepared for Namor. So that was that was also a plot thread that I was really hoping would, we would get to, but who knows if we ever will. Ever will. But I'll, I'll give this a three. Like it was it was fine. Uh, I'm hoping there's there's more coming. I was going to ask, Georgie, do you, do you think that uh, East of West is Hickman's most complete work, like the one that actually delivers the best? I, I dropped off, and not oh, no. anything wrong with it. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I got busy or if it was, the, like, the move to here or whatever, but yeah. it was like yeah. – I was, I was enjoying it, and then I just – I don't know. I stopped reading it. You should finish it sometime. Yes, yes, I know. I, I got to finish it. Yeah. I think I think it does achieve uh, the appropriate climax. <laughs> awesome. It definitely, me. it definitely um, is his best work. Sure. Yeah. I guys want to pose a question to y'all, and I'll do whatever you want. Uh, I have just a few minutes, but I need to start getting ready for Ethan's baseball game. Do we want to do a quick hit on Sword Number Eight, or save it for a later episode? I haven't read it. I made a mistake okay. and didn't read it. All right, well, then that's the easy question. Then. So we'll I, I just, I just request that I get to talk about it next time. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> we can definitely do that. Oh, because I, I was really looking forward to talking about it. I'm awesome. sorry, I'll have the West books next time as punishment. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, sorry, listeners, and we will definitely talk about it because I, yeah, we'll, we'll save our thoughts. I think, I think I definitely enjoyed it. We'll see how much that we enjoy it um, next time. We'll start with that one first. So, um, awesome. Well, I do need to jet pretty soon, but I definitely want to say, as always, thank you guys for just talking X with me. And um, why don't y'all talk a little bit about what else y'all have going on? We have been going at it on comic books again. I think we've put out three uh, episodes. Yeah, y'all been so busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I don't know. We, we, I think we, we did like we really pumped them out kind of quick. I think we we probably be recording another one soon, depending on schedule. But We've been going back at it and having a good time doing that. Um, yeah, Dan, how about you? Are you doing anything, anything else you want to talk about with the Excalibros? Um, no, I just, I'm, I'm glad we're just doing comic books. Um, I yeah. was worried that, <laughs> worried, worried that we'd have to talk about what if. I like it, but I don't know if I want to podcast about it. So, right. um, but yes, I'm happy. Well, you can awesome. find us on Excalibros1 on Twitter and just search for us in any podcasting whatever and you'll you'll find us very cool definitely go check that out it's it's uh it's been fun even knowing that some of the episodes you have not enjoyed as much you can definitely see this has kind of jump-started some of y'all's excitement <laughs> for doing this show again so that's oh yeah, really yeah, fun. yeah the energy level is a little bit different so it's nice um <laughs> <laughs> And boy, are y'all in a bad stretch of Excel. <laughs> it, it goes for, I think, five, five-ish more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember why I liked it. Like, well, like, what's his name coming back? Favorite. Davis is coming back in, in like yeah, five or Yeah, those six issues are great. Think. They yeah. really are. So um, you're in for a treat when you finally get there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so definitely go check out Scout Rosie if you're not already, which why would you not? And that doesn't even compute to me. But if you're if you're holding out, 
uh, go check them out. And um, for the podcast that goes snitch, of course, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snitcast. And show notes and stuff are at snitcast.podbean.com. Um, I know I've been a little behind on the flashback episodes, but I'm trying to get one ready. So hopefully we'll have a couple of bang-bang uh, episodes coming out here pretty soon. Um, but as always, guys, I just so much love talking the X-Men with y'all. Um, yep. I feel like um, contrary to our conversation at the beginning, we actually graded these books Kind of on the high side, so that was pretty fun. I, I just um, have like this over overwhelming yeah, sense like, of doom for the future. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of, of doom, let's try to avoid that in real life, guys. Everyone, please stay safe. Yeah. Stay well. Um, you know, love your family, make smart decisions, be good friends. Um and until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye bye. Bye. And snacked. <laughs>